Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Hala Taha, and you're listening to Cut to the Chase podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Cut to the Chase, episode 30, Young and Profiting. Today, we have a special guest that I am ecstatic about. I mean, she is... She's just wonderful. I mean, before I get into the backstory about her, before we get to talking about her and all the wonderful things she's done, I typically like to open up with a quote. And since we've been talking about young and profiting, I'm going to grab a quote here from Lucille Ball. And it's it's rather funny because it states, the secret of staying young is to live honestly, eat slowly, and lie about your age. Man, you know, I mean, hey... That's, that's like off the chain. All right, so here we go. We're going to jump right into this. So today, our special guest, she's a host, she's an executive producer, and she's the creator of Young and Profiting Podcasts. She started her career in radio with Hot 97. Yes, sir, Hot 97. Later, she focused on the entrepreneur endeavors, launching an entertainment news blog site, the sorority of hip-hop, She led all-female team of 50 bloggers and together ran a popular blog interviewing celebrities, uh, producing radio shows, hosting parties, and concerts. When the blog site boom ended, as we all know, the dot-com boom, blog site boom, Facebook boom, I mean, all these things, they run their course and era. Things began to slow down in 2014, and she temporarily exited from the entertainment industry to get her MBA. She now has covered eight years of corporate marketing, experience in working with Disney streaming service. She's also worked as a lifecycle marketing operation and growth platform manager. She's a podcast host. And I, mo- I want to say she's a podcast host. She's probably our first podcast host that we've had on our show out of the 50 episodes that we've done thus far. She spent time with Hewlett-Packard. She spent time as a digital marketing strategist. She's been a president and CEO. She's been an assistant producer. She holds an MBA, Bachelor's of Science in Communication and Media from both New Jersey, excuse me, from New Jersey Institute of Technology. Overall, to our listeners, she is a quick rising and ranking influencer. She has emerged from her passion of radio and entrepreneurial business. She continues to learn. She's an expert on networking, rising from failure, developing personal brands, capitalizing on LinkedIn, and of course, podcasting. And without further ado, people, I must say, she's probably one of my top ranking celebrities that I've had on this show, and I've done 50 episodes. And to Hala. Do you have any opening remarks for our listeners? Sometimes I don't do a good job of introducing people, so I feel Oh, you, you know. did an amazing job. What an introduction. <laughs> if I could just get that before I talk uh, in any conversation, that would be amazing. You did a great job. Thanks for doing your research. Cool, 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 cool. So let's jump right into it. Let's cut to the chase. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. So let's talk about, you know, you had a lot of success with Hot 97 you established a lot of great entrepreneurial type of things out there in your past. But what was the one thing that, 
you know, as, as we see here, as we did our research, your rise from failure. What kind of failures did you encounter? Oh, boy. I've had so many failures in my life, but that only means that I tried and that I was able to get back up and, and keep trying and trying again because they say that, you know, the only ones that succeed are the ones who don't stop trying. Um, so, yes, I've, I've failed so many times. Um, I guess the big, the first biggest failure that I ever had was getting basically fired from my dream job at Hot 97. Um, I was Angie Martinez's assistant, for those who don't know. Um, she's called the voice of New York because she's literally the biggest radio personality in New York, at least um, at the time when I was working at Hot 97. That was about eight years ago um, when I was uh, still in college working at, at the station. And so I got this internship and I, I, you know, quickly became a studio intern under Angie Martinez. I ended up dropping out of school, um, taking a temporary leave from school to, you know, work at the station every single day. And so I would work at the station during the afternoons. And then sometimes I would come in at like midnight and work the boards overnight. And like the station became like my second home. And there wasn't a lot of people who were allowed in the studio area. So even though it was an internship, it was like a super coveted job because I was in the center of all the action. You know, Drake would be there one day, then J-Lo would be there the next day, then Beyonce would be there the next day. Then, you know, Jay-Z would put his arm around me and like ask me to dinner and like all these crazy things happened to me at that time because I was like in the center of this like, you know, this hub for entertainment. And it was a super like, uh, for, for my age, for everything, it was like just a crazy job to have. And I loved it and I was really passionate about it. I remember, you know, having to prepare the research for every show and, and help Angie um, before she interviewed these huge stars. And there was always like such a tight deadline. We never really knew who was coming in that day. And then I'd be typing up all my notes and running across the studio area to get it in time. And, and like it was just a super fast paced experience and I really gave it my all. And, you know, I ended up being like the intern that would train all the other interns. And then I became like more of her assistant and go, going to events with her and, and really became her assistant uh, slash assistant producer. And when a job opened up at Hot 97, another uh, guy was also working there for free, like me, uh, for several years. He was in the video department. They ended up giving him the position. He worked there a little bit longer than me. Um, and so we were friends. Um, you know, all the young people at the station were kind of friends. And, and we were the same type of, uh, you know, up and coming person at the station that they were kind of pruning to be personalities. So same thing, he would go to the DJs at night to the parties like I would. And so we were really close friends. And I remember being really upset that I didn't get this job. I had dropped out of college. Um, all my siblings were in medical school. My parents were really mad at me. I had like a very like, like a, a strained relationship with my family because I had taken on this crazy dream and, and everybody thought like, what was I doing with my life? And so I texted him and I said, you know, I can't do this anymore. Um, I'm not coming into the station today. I don't feel good. If you need to learn how to be Angie's producer, you can learn how to do it on your own. And he ended up showing Angie that text and I got fired. And so I was 
heartbroken. I felt like somebody died. I like, you know, was just burst into tears type of thing. Felt like my life was over. My whole identity was tied to Hot 97. I had like a decent following on Twitter and everything was like all about Hot 97, all my connections, everything. I just felt like everything I had sacrificed and kind of risked now for nothing. You know, I had nothing to show for it. I didn't even get paid during that experience. It's like I literally had nothing to show for it. And I was devastated. And um, But you know what? I immediately channeled that negativity into positivity. And I decided that, you know, nobody's going to blackball me from the entertainment industry. I'm going to make it on my own. And so every time I fail, I basically do this where I channel my negativity into positivity. And I figure out some other idea that I'm interested in and channel all my focus and energy into that. And that's what I did. I decided I was going to start an all-female platform, a blog site. At the time, blogs were like huge. It was still like new, but they were very big at the time. And so I decided I was going to start the sorority of hip-hop, Strawberry Blunt. And we were going to be a blog site about hip-hop and entertainment news. I learned how to blog. I I used to blog for some DJs at at the station. And so I took that knowledge, figured out how to build websites, figured out hosting, figured out all that stuff had a a small like a a pretty decent twitter following not huge back then you didn't people didn't have like 100k followers like if you had 6k followers you were like a twitter influencer so that's what i was like and i put out solicits i said you know i'm looking for girls to to join the sorority of hip-hop send me your resume send me your picture send me you know what job you work for there was girls from complex and girls from vh1 and girls from like all like record labels and and just girls who are in the industry that wanted Uh, to connect with like-minded individuals and um, I also put out solicits on Craigslist and I and within like one week I recruited 14 girls I believe and and then at the height of it I had 50 bloggers under me and so um, we started this website I went back to school and within the first uh, three months of it we were like the 30,000th most popular website in the world and one of the biggest hip-hop entertainment sites in the world. And then all the tables turning, all the DJs started contacting me again. Angie Martinez was trying to get me on Love and Hip Hop, the reality TV show, and was like trying to get back into my good graces. Um, I was getting paid to host parties with the DJs when before I used to like tag along with them. Uh, now I was hosting them and getting paid by them and, and on the flyer, you know, and it just like became a whole different thing. I was shouted out on the radio more than I worked there and it's just so funny how when you take your own power and when you kind of do it on your own people respect you so much more and so that's just that's a great example of how I failed I turned it on its head and then I all of a sudden became elevated to the people that were my mentors and people who who I was like really underneath and probably would have been underneath for several more years before they actually gave me my break but I kind of went around them and did my own thing and then they respected me for it so that was uh, a, a big failure. And I have so many others. When I was, uh, when I had uh, the sorority of hip hop, we got, um, you know, a lot of uh, TV, you know, networks would approach us for reality TV shows. And so MTV was one of them and, and they approached us twice for a pilot. The second time was like my almost three years into doing it. And we hadn't really monetized too much. We used to host events and concerts, but we didn't really monetize too crazy on our blog yet. And we, we didn't really figure that out. Mm-hmm. And um, I thought like MTV was going to be my way to like really monetize this and like take this to the next level. And I was super excited about it. It was like right after Jersey Shore ended. And so we thought we were going to be the next Jersey Shore. And they shot this extravagant pilot. They probably invested $200,000 in it. They got us a studio on Broadway. 
we had this like huge concert where we had like a dance, like a choreographed dance that we did. And like they filmed me with my family and my boyfriend and us out to dinner and we had cat fights. And it was just like, you know, we filmed a, a freaking TV show over mm-hmm. summer and we thought we were going to be famous. And um, and then I remember the producer calling me and being like, Hala, I'm really sorry, but they didn't pick your show. And I'm like, what? Like, we had a show. What do you mean they didn't pick our show? And and it just like, you know, again, the world came crashing down. And I just, you know, stopped the, the blog site, decided I was going to get my MBA, channeled all my energy into that, got a 4.0, and then started a corporate career. So just that that's how you got to do it. When you fail, you've got to figure out what is something else that you can be passionate about and, and just channel all your energy into that. And you'll find that um, the you you'll win faster because you'll be so uh motivated to succeed when you do that so yeah yeah absolutely i mean wow i mean that that's that's such a compelling story i mean it was it was just remarkable to sit here and listen to you you know it there's there's so many correlations between you know your uh failures and, and ability to rise from failures uh, you know, that correlate basically to kind of my backstory, which, you know, this podcast is not about me, it's about you. But, but, uh, you know, I admire that. I admire that what what you went through, what you endured, the perseverance that you had to, you know, as they say, fall off the horse, get back on, continue riding and, and, and basically move forward. And I think that's, you know, e- extremely commendable when it comes to touting exactly where you are in life because you know one of the things I didn't mention in the opening remarks is that recently recently for for you you have just subscribed your what is it half a million follower to your to your uh, to your podcast I mean that that's commendable I mean that's that's huge you know my hats go off to you for that thank you and, and so let's 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 drive into some other questions I mean Man, one question and I got a bunch of information from you. That was that was that was great. So let's talk about personal branding. So you went through all of this, let's just call it what it is, right? It was a tumultuous experience. These were major setbacks. These were things that emotionally took things out of you, but you had to find the inner strength inside of you to be able to like pick yourself up and and and, and drive even harder. So when you were developing your brand, you know, like you said, you turned something where people were not paying you for the same type of skills that you were offering into something now that was payable. Walk us through the aspect of where you saw, as I call it, the Titanic was turning, but you were missing the iceberg. You were not hitting the iceberg. You were going around the iceberg and you were basically saying, all right, you know what? I found my niche. So when you found your niche, what was that like? I'm not sure I follow your question, to be honest. Um, when you say when I found my niche, like, what do you mean by that? Like, what well, are you referring let's, to? Let, let's, let's, let's kind of back up a little bit. So basically what I'm saying here is, you know, at one point you were, you were an intern. And so you were basically doing a lot of the same things. Like you said, you were, you're helping produce the radio show. And then you stepped away from producing a radio show. And now you became the executive producer in your own life, per se. Now you've got... DJs, you've got people from your old job calling you. Now you're becoming more of a promoter. I mm-hmm. mean, that transition, you know, and I'll give you an example. One example would be like for, for what I do in my real real job. My real job, basically, as being a, a managing director, one of the things that happens when clients call me is immediately 
I have to get into a mindset that says, okay, I'm not the employee, I'm the visionary. And being the visionary, you have to have answers. You have to be a solution provider. You have to be a problem solver uh, when you walk in the door. And so in the context of where you were, when you went from being an intern, kind of as a doer and kind of being directed and told what to do, to now being an individual that basically you're charting your own path, what was that like for you? That's really what the question. Yes. Yeah, that was difficult. I mean, could you imagine being like not even graduated from college and and have 50 girls working for you and have to figure out how to be like a business owner and make all these people happy and and teach them skills. And a lot of the work that they did was volunteer work that they were basically Mm -hmm. interns. Mm -hmm. And so I took all my knowledge from the entertainment industry of not paying like interns and and giving them experience instead and use that to like build this business. And there was only like five of us who would get paid like the main top girls Mm -hmm. and everybody else was kind of like an intern. And so, yeah, it, it was a really difficult transition, but I didn't really think about it much. I just went and did it. You know, I, Uh, decided that I was going to start this group. I decided that I was smart enough to go on Google and figure everything out. I decided that I wasn't scared of figuring out how to code or start graphic design or think about social media strategies. I was young, but I knew that I was capable and I knew that I could, as long as I had passion and took action, anything could happen. And so that's what I did. I just put all the the puzzle pieces together and and started to make something happen. Um, I didn't necessarily like have this very concrete plan of where I wanted to be and what I wanted to do. I just knew that I loved being in radio. So I started online radio shows at that same time. So we were like a blog site that also had different radio shows with the, with the girls that were blogging. And I loved to write. I loved the, I loved at the time I loved hip hop and fashion and all that kind of stuff. And so I just knew it's something that I like to do. And so I just figured out how I could do that in a way that could cause like a movement and help elevate me to something better than I was. And, um, you know, I didn't really, it wasn't like some difficult transition where I was, you know, confused about life or didn't know what to do. I just took action. You know, I can't even say it any other way. Like I just did it and I was fearless. And I feel like a lot of people are scared to take action like that. They're scared to take risks. They're scared to follow their passions. I was young enough, especially at the time where I felt like I had nothing to lose. And I felt like I already had all this momentum in terms of working at Hot 97 and getting promoted there and having like a really cool job. And so I just parlayed that into something else. You know, everybody, even though I I was formerly at Hot 97, I still had that experience. I still had those skills and I was able to transfer those skills into what I was doing and then build upon them. You know, I was like, I barely knew anything about blogging. I kind of knew about it, but then I just took that and like 10 X it and really figured out everything about blogging. And it wasn't scary to me because I'd kind of already dabbled in it. And so it wasn't scary to me. So I think the moral of the story is to just um, take action, especially when you're scared. Just take little actions, little steps every day, um, you know, to, to, to help you move forward. And you can always like figure out your plan later on when you're already in it and when you're not scared to get started. Yeah, yeah, you're, 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 you're totally right. You're totally right. And so I'm going to kind of revert back to something I said uh, earlier when, when I was introducing you and uh, hopefully this won't, this won't make you feel like, oh my God, really? So I'm going to share this story with you, okay? 
So I only started my podcast in March of this year. And part of the reasons for why I wanted to do a podcast, and I, I'm going to be I'm going to be forthright and coming with you, right? Is based on some of the things that I saw that you were doing, and some of the things that I saw other people were doing, and I was like, hey, you know what? I want to get involved with this podcast movement. I want to I want to be a part of something that that kind of sets the stage for a platform for people to be able to to share their story, to be able to talk about things that impact their ability to thrive. Mm-hmm. And so when I said I'm truly honored to have you on the show, I mean that sincerely because, you know, I respect your craft, I respect your work ethics, and now that I'm finding out more about your backstory, I'm respecting you even more because of the simple fact that, you know, I understand what you've had to go through in order to to channel that movement in the direction that you want. And like I said, that that's all positive. It's all this just all positive way of thinking. That's awesome. I'm so happy that I inspired you. I, I think one of the coolest things about having my podcast is how many other podcasts I've ended up starting just because people are inspired by my journey. And that makes me feel so good. It's it's so cool to think about all the different conversations that are going on around the world because I, I help to inspire that. It, it's really humbling. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So let's jump into some fun questions now. I mean, okay. we've talked a little bit about your background. You know, you've shared your story. We certainly appreciate all of that. But then let's jump into some things where let's just catch you off guard. You know, we got a couple minutes left and let's just have some fun. Okay. So, so let's let's throw out the first question. When was the last time you told a lie? <laughs> you know, sometimes I tell lies by accident because I have a fairly poor memory and sometimes I'll like not remember dates accurately and things like that when I'm in interviews and then I'll think back and I'll be like, wait a second, I said that date and that makes me seem like I'm 40 years old, (laughs) like, you know? Um, So I I always forget like certain dates and things. So sometimes I might lie in that way because it's an accident. But in terms of like the last time I've lied about something, hmm, I think... I think sometimes I, I tell white lies to my boyfriend, like very stupid <laughs> white lies um, in order to like avoid fights, whatever that may be. But they're really, really silly. And it's just to avoid conflict. Oh, sure. 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 Totally understand. Totally understand. Appreciate your honesty on that. So so let's jump into the next question. Have you ever committed a crime? And if so, what was it? Ooh, I'll be open and honest in this one. So I remember when I was 13, I went through a phase of shoplifting. Very stupid. But like I was, I had no reason to because my parents gave me money. I had money. And I remember me and my friends, we just used to think that it was so much fun to like steal lip gloss from Sephora and, and, and just like get away with it. And I remember I we, we did it one time. I was with like my three best friends and we all decided we were gonna steal makeup from Sephora that day in, in the mall. And we did it and we got caught. <laughs> and I remember the like mall police had to take, we didn't get in that much trouble. We just kind of got like slapped on the wrist. And then I remember the mall police brought me out to my mother outside when she was picking us up and she was like so mad and I got in so much trouble and I never shoplifted again. <laughs> wow, wow. Interesting story. So 
So based on, you know, as, as you talked about in your backstory and with regards to how your parents were slightly disappointed with you when you lost your job at Hot 97, this next question really kind of uh, drives into what is the most embarrassing thing that your parents have caught you doing? The most embarrassing thing that my parents have caught me doing? Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that like when I was, I was like sort of a wild child in college. So in college, I, now I'm so professional. I'm so responsible. I'm so educated. Uh, In college, I was like party girl. You know, I I was a cheerleader. I was in the sorority. I could care less about school. I would never go to class, you know, And, and my parents were like basically paying for me to just hang out on campus. And I was just really immature. Right. And so I think just like that in general, just being such an immature college student in the fact that like, you know, I would go and and wear really short dresses and, and you know, be, I was just like a, a, a wild college girl at one point. And I like looking back, it's like embarrassing <laughs> and I wish I was never like that. But you know what? Everybody grows and part of me being so outgoing and even though I'm not like that anymore I don't go out and party I'm not you know I'm not that type of girl anymore that essence of me and the fact that I was able to be so good at networking and and be so outgoing and you know not be afraid to dance on stage or whatever it was um, gave me a lot of the confidence that I have today and I think a lot of the presence that I have today so I don't regret anything um, but it doesn't mean that I'm embarrassed of old Facebook pictures. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Hey, we, we, we've all been there. You know, we've all been there. I'm, I'm sure you're, you're a lot younger than me. So trust me, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm sure I got all types of skeletons out there that uh, I, I haven't shared with my yeah, listeners yet. But <laughs> yours are in like photo albums and mine are in Facebook. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mine are in photo albums. That's, you're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. <laughs> All right, so let's let's jump to like a couple more questions, and then uh, we'll, we'll we'll try to wrap this up. So, okay. if if you could have someone else's life for one day, who would that be? Ooh, I'm gonna have to say Oprah Winfrey, just because everybody has been telling me that I'm the next Oprah Winfrey. I've heard that like ten times this month, out of the blue. Everybody keeps saying that, and so I guess if I had one person to pick, that would be Oprah Winfrey because I'm so impressed with everything that she's been able to build. She's such a, a woman that so many people look up to and respect, and um, you know she's built an empire. And so if I could be Oprah for a day, I would be floored. Cool, 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 cool. I'll, I'll give you my take on it here towards the end. So my last question, and then we'll, we'll, we'll start to wrap up. Name one thing on your bucket list. Oh, becoming the number one female podcaster in the world. That is my ultimate goal. I want to be the Tim Ferriss of podcasters, but a woman in the self-improvement space. And that is my goal. I want to be a number one global Apple podcast. I'm, I'm a number one how-to podcast, but I'm not a number one out of all the categories. And I want to be number one out of all the categories on Apple. And I want to be huge on other podcast platforms too. So that's my goal. And that's on my bucket list. Perfect, perfect, perfect. So I'm going to go back to the other question where I ask you if you were, if you could have someone else's life, who would that be? 
And from what I've learned about you and from what I've heard about you and listening to your backstory, you are absolutely the person that you need to be. You shouldn't be in anybody else's shoes. And you know what? Just based on what you told me you want on your bucket list, I'm a big fan now. I'm a huge, huge supporter of ensuring that whatever I can do from our podcast to see you achieve that, because guess what? I want to be right on your heels. <laughs> I want to be cut to the chase, if not number one, maybe number two, you know? But anyway, Hala, this has been wonderful. This has been great. You know, we're almost out of time. You know, some of the things that I've taken away is, you know, number one, any position as you're rising from failure, you know, take the negative and figure out how to turn it into positive. You know, be resilient you know, endure the perseverance as if it's a drug, you know, yeah, we're going to get slapped around, we're going to have to pick ourselves back up, but you just got to take all that energy and, and move forward. And I think the biggest thing that you kind of stated earlier is when your world comes crashing down, you know, you've got skills, we all have skills, everybody's got skills, figure out how to transfer those skills into something else. You know, in today's terminology, we call that pivot. But overall, you know, transfer those skills, find other things that you're excited about, do the things you love. And I can can say undeniably, we know that you love radio. We know that you love podcasts. We know that you love entertainment and it shows. Okay. And we love that. We love that about you. And so before we wrap up, do you have any final remarks or words for our listeners? Well, first of all, thank you so much, Gregory, for this podcast. I wish we could chat for longer. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm just humbled for all the kind words that you said. And to everybody out there, I want you to understand that life is totally limitless. The only limit is you. You can do anything that you want to do. I was working a corporate job for four years, thought that I was never going to go back into the entertainment industry. I I thought my career in entertainment was over. I I thought I would never get back on a mic again. And then one day, something happened, a failure, and we won't get into it because we don't have time, but I had a failure, and then I decided I was going to start Young and Profiting Podcast. We've been around for like two and a half years. Um, just now, I mean, we, 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 out the gate, we had a lot of listeners and a lot of momentum, but things are really starting to escalate now. And I just so happy that I decided to believe in myself again and that I I told myself I could do this. You know, it's not over for me and you're never too old to try something new. You're never too old to go back to your dreams. And so just have the belief in yourself and, and you can make it happen. Oh my God, man, that. That, that's going to become a quote on our Cut to the Chase t-shirts right there. We're going to use that. <laughs> Thank you. We're going to use that. That was great. That was awesome. But, you know, I want to say again, thank you very much, uh, Hala. This has been wonderful. And, you know, before we wrap up, before I close out and say goodbye to you, hey, I'm open to being a special guest on your podcast. I can talk about, you know, business or whatever, you know. I know you run a different genre of podcasting than what I run. But hey, you know, down the road, if you say, Greg, I'm looking for you, then, you know, count me in. (laughs) (laughs) Will do. All right. Well, look, thank you, everyone. We know that the uh, things going on out in the world are very tough, you know, and everybody's having a difficult time. But certainly keep your head up. Be inspired. As, as, As Hala said, persevere, you know, turn the negative into positive. Hala, thank you very much. We certainly appreciate having you on as special guest. This is Gregory Proctor, episode 30, Young and Profiting. 
Bye-bye, people. Take care.